from the streets of San Antonio straight to your wallet. It's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. There are just a bunch of different ways to pay for your wedding, but you don't want to continue to pay for it for years on end. Our relationship to money is, is connected to so much, our relationship to really everything, like mm -hmm. how we treat other people, how we treat ourselves. And when you have like this kind of unhealthy relationship with it, it crosses over to an unhealthy relationship with your partner. Absolutely. Sure, you have this one day of celebration, but what is that one day of celebration? How is that going to set the tone for the rest of your relationship? Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Jake of All Trades, the podcast show focused on helping millennials make smart choices with their money. I'm your host, Jake Rivas, and I'm interviewing guests and giving my two cents on their unique financial situations. Together, we talk about all those real financial obstacles that many of us encounter and some ways to get past them. So I am so excited. Today on the show, we have a very dear friend who has become such a dear friend of mine and also a wonderful entrepreneur. Jordan Maney is here on the show today. And Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. If you me. could tell the listeners what you do for a living. I help people in love. That's a really sweet way of saying it. I'm a wedding planner, so it's just a bunch of project management, basically. <laughs> <laughs> for happy, loving people, right? 98% of the time. 98%. <laughs> and then you have to deal with like in-laws and other and parents um, and stuff. Who... Yeah. And bride chillas more than bridezillas. Bride chillas. Yeah. Bride chillas are the ones who are like, hey, here's a color that I like. Can you just make the whole wedding like that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, but there are like specific things. I don't care. Do whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're basically just planning a wedding. Yeah. And it's just like, do you like this? Eh. And I'm like, Yes, no, I don't know what you need. They're very chill, but. Bride chilla. Yeah. I have never heard that before. I like it. It's not as fun as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a bride chilla because at least I know what they want. They, they're very demanding. Yeah. They're like cornflower blue. And I'm like, cool. Bride chilla is like something related to this guy. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> It's fine. And you have a specialty, right? Yes. Um, the majority of my couples are same-sex couples and um, also like creative. So I have some like theater nerds in there, which is a bunch of fun. But um, I recognize that that's not necessarily a market that San Antonio has wholly embraced. And so I was like, uh, I was already getting, naturally already getting a lot of same-sex couples. And then I just decided, hmm let's just go full force with this because hetero couples are kind of the worst <laughs> kind of. Um, but I love, Oh, I love all my couples. They all have like great stories and I could sit here for two hours and tell you like each one and just beam like I am right now. How fun. It is. What a fun job. Right. Yeah. And you get to cry and it's not weird. Like, and I that cry. makes you more, uh, empathetic I, also a bit of a punk like i cry at every wedding oh. it's and they're always looking at me like jordan calm down and i'm like ah, before they even walk down the aisle every time that's fantastic <laughs> so part of your job is you're working with these lovely couples who mm -hmm. are about to embark on a new journey mm -hmm. And normally that journey comes with a lot of transition mm -hmm. one of those transitions being we got to figure out how to pay for stuff together exactly. if they haven't already done it before. Yeah. Right. And also legally married has its own set of complications, complications and requirements and changes. So what I want to talk about today 
is some of the conversations you've had with your couples about oh like when they're when they're approaching you and some of the things you've heard about personal finance if you have and oh and what God. types of advice you've given if you have or where you point them you know if they have questions so let's start yeah. by talking about um expenses of a wedding and what Ooh. what what your client's perspective has been on that so when I first started, and I think any entrepreneur can relate to this, it's very like whoever wants to give me money, I'll take it. Um, but having the conversation about like costs usually was like, oh my God, I didn't know it cost that much to have a wedding planner. And then you expand it like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it cost so much to have a wedding. Um, so sometimes you'll have people who will say like, hey, I can only spend this amount of money and I want to honor that. I always do. But then once I start showing them venues or, you know, rental companies or what have you, suddenly that budget turns into like something else exponentially. So I try to have at every initial consultation, a conversation about like, hey, this is like the average cost of a venue. Like this is what you should look for. Um, this is the average cost of having a caterer and all this other stuff. And I usually wait for their eyes to do that. <laughs> like that little <laughs> flutter. They're like, wait, hold on. Or they get really quiet because nobody likes to talk about money. It makes everybody really uncomfortable. But when you're planning a wedding and you have to pay other small business owners, it's definitely something you need to be upfront about. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like I've had kind of three, uh, different conversations with couples. There's the one where, I know and they know, but they don't want to say that they don't have the money for either like specific services or my services, but they're still like, yeah, I totally have a $60,000 budget. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> um, or there's the one where, you know, and this is the one that I just love where they're like, oh, it's fine. I got it. And they mean it. And, you know, they follow through on that. And then there's the other one where it's the uh, conversation I have the most. Okay. Where can we cut costs? Where can we save um, on some things? But usually, like, people don't know. The San Antonio and Austin area are one of the top 10 most expensive places in the country to get married. Really? Yeah. Like, nobody ever is like, wait, we're really here. Um, also including Houston, Dallas, obviously New York City. Um, it's not cheap. And, mm -hmm. as you know, every year we have new venues that crop up in the Hill Country area. And they're usually, like, anywhere between ten to $12,000. Just to rent the space. Wow. <laughs> just to rent the space. Just venue. Yeah, just venue. And, you know, they have things that they include. But when you tell people that up front, they're like, oh, that's like the whole budget for my wedding. Um, so, Which is good. So you're setting that expectation up yeah. front. Because in an ideal world, they would have come to you with a formal wedding budget that mm -hmm. they had already worked on beforehand and decided how much they had Never to spend. That. <laughs> yeah, I figured not. Never that. And I do work uh, with them on creating a budget based on their needs. Like we have a conversation about like, what do you absolutely want to have at your wedding? And then like, what do you not really care about? If you say like, oh, I got to have flowers. Obviously the floral budget is going to be a lot bigger than, you know, if you say like, I really don't care about having, I don't know, a sit down dinner. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's just about having that conversation and easing them into that conversation because I'm sure you've encountered that too and you work in finance. Like nobody wants to talk about money. Yeah. And oh, people I know. are just like, oh, well, you know, uh, I could have, uh, you know, and they go in circles and it's like, mm -hmm. just tell me mm -hmm. and I can help you better. Yeah. So how often do those conversations occur where you have both 
of both parties present for that? Is it usually everybody together or is it one of the partners? Um, what I've noticed with my same sex couples, it's usually both. Um, they're both present and that makes it a lot easier than when it's just one um, partner who's like, well, I think this and I guess this. And oftentimes it's something where I have to practice being uh, more patient myself because this might be the first time they've even had a conversation about money. And, you know, some of these relationships are like five, seven years long, and they've never talked about, you know, their finances and the things that they're dealing with. Um, so it's always very interesting. And I try to be like, okay, I'm give you guys a break to talk. Do you need me to go out of the room or something like yeah. that? Because they, it's a big thing that a lot of people don't think about. And the number one reason for divorce is usually because of finances that's that you are correct yeah. <laughs> yeah so how do you know when you are sitting with someone do you get a sense that they haven't talked about this before it gets real quiet real fast where it's just like oh okay well and they don't want to say like hey can we get a minute or anything i usually am like do you want me to go get you something to drink or i'm gonna go take this call really quickly i'll be right back um and i am like watching from afar and you kind of see Sometimes they get really animated. Sometimes they're talking in kind of hushed tones and you can still gauge like where they are with the conversation um, before you come back. But yeah, like a lot of the times this is the first time that they're really talking about money. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be that this is one of the largest expenses they've exactly. encountered together, right? Exactly. And there's always in, in each couple, there's, you know, I call the winnow they have to winnow down because they have these big grand dreams of things that they want without necessarily understanding the costs attached to them. I am a natural winnow. Like <laughs> I already know like my wedding, whenever I get married is either gonna be like a reproduction of purple rain or I'm just getting married <laughs> in a backyard. Like it's, there's no in between. That's right? the two extremes. Yeah, there's just no in between with me. And um, I, under, I think that helps me when I do have um, couples where there's like that winnow who's like man but i i really want this i really really want this i'm like that's awesome but we have to be realistic and i'm sure we can find a great alternative mm -hmm. um and then there's always the numbers numbers and the winnow like the numbers is like okay i just i don't care what it looks like i don't care how pretty it is like how much does it cost um and that one is usually where like okay you have to kind of find a way to meet them both in the middle mm -hmm. so they can still have a great day, but you mean you don't mm -hmm. want to go over budget either. No, of Even course. Even though 98% of couples do. <laughs> Is that right? 98% yeah. go in, over um, budget. The Wedding Wire does like a, a national survey every year. And I think it's called like Real Weddings or something, but they said like 98% of couples always overspend on their wedding. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, they get like the new car or shiny car syndrome or mm -hmm. something like that. They see one and then oh, I they start seeing this. things and they're like, I've got to have Pinterest this. doesn't help. Oh yeah. Pinterest doesn't help. A repository of yeah, exciting, beautiful All that FOMO of stuff. like, oh God, I have to have this. Mm -hmm. Oh God, I have to have this. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, do you know how much this costs? <laughs> so it probably would have been better had they had some of these conversations before they came to see you, mm -hmm. right? But in an ideal world, that would have happened, but it probably didn't. Mm -hmm. So you have this couple in your office and they're they're maybe they haven't had this conversation yet. This is their first exposure to finances. In addition to you setting expectations about costs, what are some other things that you do to try to help them stay, you know, 
within their budget or help point them in the right direction for needing additional assistance? Like what, what, what things do you do? So when I first started, I was like very um, idealistic about how much I could help them in that regard. Like, Oh, for sure. Like I, I'm going to keep your budget. It'll be great. But they don't pay attention to their budget. Even after I've made it, even when I send suggestions about like, Hey, that's great that you want that, but that does not fit with your budget and I can't make it work and they still buy it anyways. Mm. Um, one of the things that I am very grateful for you for is on our initial conversation about helping them with financial advising and looking at wedding planning as like, yeah, that's like the first step to their wedding, but really setting up these couples in their relationships for like health, <laughs> financial, physical, mental health. Um, on their marriage journey. Mm -hmm. So also having like someone like you to refer them to, but also just being patient mm -hmm. with the conversation, trying to talk like this as much as possible. Because <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a, a terrifying topic, especially with millennials. We have a, a crap ton of student loan debt. Yeah. Like a crap ton of student loan debt. And so saying, hey, let's add another $10,000, $20,000 to that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't want to hear that. Um, and especially, I think the thing that makes me, I try to make myself more patient with is a lot of these couples, that at least I've noticed, um, have been waiting for a really long time to get married, right? It just, just was legal July 2015. Right, okay. So <laughs> a lot of these couples have been waiting. So I do have some couples who've saved. They have the savings to accommodate the wedding that they want. Then I have some couples who, you know, never even thought it was possible. And that almost breaks your heart even more and makes you want to give them that huge big day. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of pointing them in the right direction, getting them connected to resources that really can help them beyond just the scope of a wedding um, and being as patient as possible mm -hmm. with their needs. I think that's a great point that you just pointed out is it goes beyond the wedding. Mm -hmm. This is, while these couples may have been in this committed relationship for a long time, marriage is another, a whole other world. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> and that accompanies, just like we talked about at the beginning, a, a whole set of issues that yeah. you have to learn to deal with. And so by them being able to effectively communicate through the wedding planning process and all the expenses that are associated with it, having that experience can only help them in those exactly. conversations moving forward. But if they enter this time and they're disconnected, mm -hmm. they haven't been communicating, <laughs> they're overspending. Only that's, gets worse. It's only, exactly, it's only gonna get worse. It only gets much, much worse. And I'm, I'm trying to connect more couples and really encourage them to do counseling, do premarital counseling. There's nothing wrong with like talking about how to be better. <laughs> Absolutely. But everybody thinks it's like, oh, it's like a doctor. I go to the doctor when I have a problem. Go before. Be like, you know, proactive instead of reactive. So I try to steer my couples as much as possible in that direction of understanding like, hey, there are options. Like you only get me for like, what, nine months to a year. And of course, I'm always around after the fact. But I really want to set you guys on a course for you to be successful in your marriage. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's about building the life now moving exactly. forward. It's exactly. not just this one. Sure. You have this one day of celebration, but what is that one day of celebration? How is that going to set the tone for the rest of your relationship? And do you want to be paying for this one day for like five years? Right. <laughs> Which is a perfect segue talking about paying for this stuff. Oh my so gosh. we have some people who save. Mm-hmm. We have some people who don't. Oh, many people who don't. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are some options for people who maybe they haven't oh saved? So now it is, so, it makes me feel so icky. Um, there's like wedding financing. There are certain sites that you can go to, to actually get like loans specific for your event. And a part of me is like, okay, they recognize the market. That's cool. But also it seems pretty predatory mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, so I don't <laughs> usually say like, Hey, go in that direction. But it's just one of those things where, you know, you don't want to get all up in everybody's wallet, right? You don't want to get in everybody's business, right. so to speak. But most of the time people are paying with credit cards, um, using savings. Um, and I want them to make healthy financial decisions, but we don't do that very well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of like, Oh, I didn't know it was going to cost this much, but I want to have this and, Oh, okay. I'm going to, you know, run mm-hmm. in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember before I started, uh, my business, all the days I worked at a venue and I would have to make calls every month. It's like, Oh, Hey, your payments do type of thing. And I hated doing it because more often than not, it was like the mother or, you know, the father-in-law, you know, who's helping and they're taking out loans and, and you oh, know, wow. taking out credit cards and stuff like that to pay and accommodate them for their day. And then I've also had weddings where they didn't pay. And it's like the day of and people, you know, the DJ's like, hey, I'm going to set this table up. But until I get a card, a, a check, something, I'm not playing anything. Playing anything. Um and so it's kind of like you have to be empathetic to mm. those needs, but also, you know, you're running a business. So um, there are just a bunch of different ways to pay for your wedding, but you don't want to continue to pay for it for years on end. Yeah. So, yeah. That's yeah. The, that is the key right there. And something yeah. that I was going to mention is you don't want to pay for this wedding beyond the day Mm -mm. that you get married because you're going to get real tired of it real quick. Very quickly Mm -hmm. when you're still making those monthly payments for, you know, that meal that you didn't even get to eat more often than not. Most couples don't even get to eat because, you know, greeting everybody. Yep. Um, Or, you know, that dress that you wore one day. Like I always tell people rent, (laughs) rent a dress, rent a tux, like don't, buy it unless you know that you're going to use it again and again and again. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to spend $6,000 on a gown Mm -hmm. that you're not going to wear again. Yeah. But people are like, no, it's got to be special. It can be special. I think that's like my big thing is taking the concept of special, having a price tag next to it. Like substance costs nothing. Right. It costs absolutely nothing. And a lot of people don't, um, I guess we haven't really been conditioned to think that way. It's all about the glitz. It's all about the glamour. Because a lot of times you have like your birth, you have, you know, a party at the end when you die, you have a funeral, but then what, how do we celebrate in between that? Right. And I think if we celebrated things more, like maybe something as inane as your dog's birthday party, Mm -hmm. just saying. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with that. No judgment, right? Um, if we celebrated things more, I think the emphasis of like, I've got to spend so much money. I've got to sink money into this event. People would be like, 
let me take a step back. Yeah. And really think um, and make smart, logical decisions and or practical decisions mm-hmm. instead of emotional ones. Yes, that's a yeah. key. That is a key distinction and the mm-hmm. key component that people need to remember. Because they don't like people. Oh, I hated it so much. People go to venues, they fall in love with a venue, and then they ask, then they tell you. Because I mean, that's what we. That's basic sales tactic, right? Like shimmer and shine. Hit, hit you with a pitch, right? Right. And so um, people would look at a venue and it's like gorgeous, I love it, I love it. And then when they tell you, hey, it's $12,000 and your whole budget is 10, it's like, oh, we'll make it work. We'll find a way to make it work. But making it work is usually not the best option <laughs> right. for anybody. No, because so. remember, we're starting out a new life for you and we don't exactly. want to start it out in a negative financial situation. Exactly. Exactly. So one other thing I want to touch on is dominance of a relationship. So mm-hmm. in this dynamic, do you see one partner being more dominant over the finance, uh, over the finances versus the other? Have you encountered that or are they both relatively on the same page? Um, I've definitely seen, uh, where you know the numbers is more the domineering, like I got the purse strings type of person, but it's just kind of like the nature and dynamic of relationships. I think the winnower is usually you know like the dreamer, the feeler. You know, if you want to get all Myers Briggs with it, um, they always bend in a way. They're like, oh, okay, fine. They're like, no, you're not going to spend this much money, and then someone flutters their eyelashes and it's like, okay, (laughs) fine. Um, So it's, it's about finding that balance. Um, And one thing that I've always found really interesting is the more debt a couple is willing to go into is usually the more doubt about the relationship. (laughs) Like, um, I always send like a yearly happy anniversary, first anniversary, and I've gotten some back like, oh, we're not married anymore. Really? Um, And you've seen some, I mean, not like, to the you haven't like calculated it but yeah. you've seen a little bit of consistency between yeah the ones who were like this is our budget we're gonna try and stick to this as much as possible versus the ones who were like this is gonna be an extravagant thing even though we don't have extravagant money um, are usually the ones who kind of because that our relationship to money is is connected to so much our relationship to really everything like mm-hmm. how we treat other people how we treat ourselves and when you have like this kind of unhealthy relationship with it, it crosses over to an unhealthy relationship with your partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. Mm Yeah. And I think that from my perspective, the, the marriage ceremony, the wedding ceremony, this wedding planning time period is significant Mm -hmm. because it can be a developmental process Mm -hmm. for the couple. It can be that opportunity where they maybe haven't had to make these tough decisions yet. And so getting to see each other in that light should be viewed as a positive exactly and use that time to start having conversations about money yeah determine financial priorities for you beyond the wedding right because it's easy again to get caught up do you want kids if so we need to whoa slow down on this wedding thing or do you guys want a house you know we've got a there are multiple priorities to keep in mind when you're thinking about this kind of stuff exactly and they I feel like people are getting better, but I really appreciate what you said about it being this developmental process because a lot of, every time I hear, this is the one thing that I hate hearing from couples, oh, it'll get better, you know, once, once the wedding's over. And I'm like, y'all do recognize you're going to have other hardships and other things that you're going to have to work through together. This is an excellent kind of foundation to see how do you guys operate underneath stress? 
how do you talk to each other? Like, what is your communication like under stress? So I try to help them with that, but it's just one of those things, you know, I really hope there's an uptick of, of kind of like a holistic approach to um, wedding planning and we focus more beyond the day mm-hmm. and really kind of helping these couples you know, have a healthy future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the name of your company is All the Days, right? right? And I literally so, did it after the vows. I will love and cherish you all the days uh, of my life. But I thought when I came up with the name, like, there's so many more days beyond this one, right? You don't want to be paying for this one day, five, seven years into yeah. your marriage. Yep. Um, you're going to have so many other things that you want to, you might want to start a business together, uh, buy a house kids are not cheap um so really kind of giving them this broad view of like you're beginning your life together you can save you can <laughs> you, save you, you don't can, need to splurge. you can do without the uh the lilies or whatever yeah, the hydrangeas to, you can do without have, like you know a hologram cherub you know at the front <laughs> greeting people you know what i mean like it ice sculptures exactly all the ice sculptures are not that expensive. Oh, really? So, yeah, like the um, I did a Christmas wedding and it was like two fifty for an for an ice sculpture it was, of. It what? was just their name, but it was oh. like a really pretty ice sculpture. Oh. Sorry, oh. <laughs> I love oh, ice sculptures. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, but you know, sometimes people have like they want like full scale Broadway productions, and I'm like. There's not going to be put on the brakes. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just calm that down. Slow a little it bit. down. You can take a dance class. You don't need to have. Yeah. You know, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, Jordan, thank you so much for sharing thank all of you. that. And best of luck to you in your business. And you. as you get these lovely couples coming in, just remind them this is phase one people. Exactly. We've got multiple phases throughout the rest the of your time. First step. <laughs> if you love each other, you're going to want to stick it out and use this time as an opportunity to start those conversations about finances. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.